The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Today is going to be all about Valentine's Day. And it's going to be Love Explained, Valentine's Day 101. We're going to be going back to basics today. You know, just as many people are single and unhappy on this Valentine's Day as there are couples madly in love. And in fact, I would venture to say that uh, even if you take into consideration all the people who are unhappy and are coupled, married, engaged, uh, seriously involved and so on. Indeed, um, there might be more people who are unhappy in their relationships or unhappy because they don't have a relationship than people who are blissfully in love. And that's because love has gotten really harder to find, to make work, to uh, make continue, make last. Today, 2017, than ever before. It's been getting harder and harder, and um, nothing seems to be happening to make it easier, and we're kind of on a, on a downward spiral, and I will explain that, but I, I'm also I'm going to be talking about love today, you know, love in our, <laughs> love in our times, our, the problems of finding it, as I was saying, and keeping it, making it work, but also I'm going to be talking about uh, bad Boys and Bad Girls. Now, those just happen to be the titles of the two books that I wrote. Um, and the reason why I'm talking about that today is because uh, I, a lot of people, when they don't have a valentine, or their valentine disappoints them, they feel desperate after Valentine's Day, and they are they're desperate for love, and they oftentimes do things, you people, oftentimes, not they, I don't know, is it you, or is it just the they, not, you wouldn't do this, but just in case, um, people tend to then be too eager to pair up with somebody, and they may be a bad girl or a bad boy, and by that I mean heartbreakers. Now, I'm going to tell you about the 12 different types of bad boys and the 12 different types of bad girls. And, of course, they're each different. You know, it's not the same, uh, same names or the same psychological profile for um, the bad boys and the bad girls. And I'm going to tell you who to look out for. If you might be too tempted to, to run into the arms of somebody if you aren't happy with who you have this Valentine's Day. 
Well, let me start with a story that I heard right just just now, just before I started the show. I heard this really interesting story, and it is so typical of the kinds of problems that relationships are having these days, and particularly when it relates to Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is often a day of, it's a day of extremes. It's a day where some couples, um, you know, have a perfect, perfectly romantic time together and um, they give each other perfect <laughs> gifts. It doesn't have to be expensive gifts, but thoughtful gifts, gifts that, you know, they know each other really would love. And, um, and they kind of go happily ever after down the path of love, you know, having gotten closer for the day. But then there's the other extreme, the extreme where people realize it, by some glaring thing that comes up on Valentine's Day that they are not meant for each other. Now, before I tell you the story, I do want to say that a lot of times, you know, part of this, this, these extremes um, and particularly part of the extreme where there's something glaring that comes up and the relationship ends is because people, you know, it makes God, Valentine's Day makes God, well, makes men and women very nervous um, if they're in a relationship that, that it is going to be the perfect Hallmark card kind of day for the other person. And especially, there's especially pressure on guys to make it the most romantic, perfect day. Um, you know, I heard on the radio today about a guy who, downtown in L.A., they have the Flower Mart, which, of course, is doing a great, <laughs> great deal of business today. And they were talking about how they have a deal, a thousand roses for $1,000, a dollar a rose. And there was at least man, one man by the time, at the time that I heard this story, um, that who had bought that now now that certainly <laughs> he he's um you can you can come up with a whole bunch of different scenarios for that story but maybe it's because um he just loves her that much and he wants to show her how much he loves her anyway it's very very romantic but you don't have guys if you're listening you don't have to uh if you're listening and you are in a relationship you don't have to buy your woman uh, a thousand roses to make the point that you love her. <laughs> Sometimes, actually, just a well-chosen card or a handmade card or a card where guys sign love can go a long way. But I digress. Let me get back to the story that I heard right before I started the show. This was a story about a woman and a, a, and a guy in their 20s. And um, the woman is very attractive and smart, and she's got a cool job, and she's very sweet, and she's very sincere. You know, she's a good girl. And, um, but she also has a lot of things that are cool about her, you know. And, uh, and the guy is very smart, and he um, comes from a very good family, but he kind of, um, you know, doesn't... He's not into status symbols, shall we say. In fact, he's really into um, sustainable living uh, where, you know, he thinks you don't need very much to be happy and, you know, probably as a reaction to his family, the luxury his family lives in. In any case, they were dating, having a nice relationship, 
for about five months or so, and, and they spoke to each other this morning, and um, the girl asked him what he had planned for their date in the evening, you know, planned for Valentine's Day. And he said, oh, I don't believe in Valentine's Day. I, I don't have anything planned. Dun, dun, dun. Well, <laughs> what do you think about all that? You can call in and give me your opinions. But um, I told her that, uh, first of all, the sustainable living. He, he had me at sustainable living. <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of, you don't, do you really want to be involved with a guy who is having his rebellion against his parents' luxurious life by believing in sustainable living, believing you just need your, the shirt on your back? I mean, you know, I, I know some of you probably do like that idea, but it's not for me. <laughs> but... Um, but, I mean, not that you have to live in, in the lap of luxury either, but, but it's a little extreme in, in, in lack. And now, what I told her to do, as far as this Valentine's Day fiasco, was that that was the final straw. That, um, clearly, it's very nice if he doesn't believe in Valentine's Day, but what does that say about how he cares about her? He's thinking about himself. You know, it didn't wasn't meaningful to him. You know, I'm sure that he uh, doesn't like all the like the the uh, obligation that seems to go with that, the flowers and the cards and the chocolates and whatever else, the jewelry. <laughs> you know, whatever else d- doesn't feel comfortable with the pressure. War feels worried maybe that he would get her the wrong thing or he would take her to the wrong place. You know, all of these kinds of. Um, Anxieties probably were part of his decision, but at the same time, he's thinking of himself and not really thinking about what she would like, not even planning a special evening. It doesn't have to be an expensive evening. It could be a picnic in the park. It's warm today in California, and uh, he could have just, you know, made it a picnic in the park which could be very romantic. But the fact that he didn't think of anything and that he is just thinking of himself, that he doesn't like Valentine's Day because, you know, that comes with all the materialism, um, that was kind of a sign that... (laughs) Goodbye. A goodbye sign. Now, I'm sure this guy... She did end it. And I'm sure this guy... Um, is is probably reeling, thinking, um, you know, I don't think he planned on ending it or expected that when he said he didn't plan anything for Valentine for their date tonight, that um, that that she would say that that's the end. In fact, he's probably thinking, oh my God, she's so materialistic. Just because I wouldn't take her somewhere for Valentine's Day, she's breaking up with me. Huh? I don't need her anyway. I know some guys would think that, but um, it's really kind of. It's really, again, it's not about whether you believe in green living or sustainable living or not. It's that you're not thinking of what the other person would like or, or, or uh, how the other person feels. So, these are the, but this is so typical of the kinds of misunderstandings, mismatches, um, just mis- mistakes that happen in relationships today. And... 
you know, probably if he would have talked to her about it beforehand, like, what would you like to do for Valentine's Day? Oh, you want to do that? Hmm, well, maybe we could compromise and do this because it bothers me how materialistic Valentine's Day has gotten, if that's what he's feeling. Something. But not just to have her find out um, the morning of Valentine's Day that he doesn't have anything planned. So... What is, the, what is the solution? I mean, that's just one of the problems. There's another interesting um, tidbit um, that I discovered. In Pakistan, they um, have ban- the government has banned Valentine's Day. Um, I think this guy should go live in Pakistan, actually. Uh, be, the, the rationale the government has given for why they are banning Valentine's Day is because it is somehow against the Muslim religion. Now, I don't know enough about the Muslim religion to comment on that aspect of it, but I will say in general that uh, chocolates and flowers and hearts never hurt anybody, and what this world needs more of is love. Um, The antidote to hate and the antidote to terrorism is love. So I think what we need to do for next Valentine's Day is to flood uh, the countries where there are terrorists with Valentine's, <laughs> Valentine's cards and boxes of candy and, and, I don't know, it might be hard to send flowers, but you get the gist um, <laughs> that, uh, that that would put them in a tizzy. And, I mean, not to say anything bad about the rule, I don't mean to you know, put, put down the religion, although I don't really, I mean, I don't think there is anything in the Quran that says you can't have Valentine's or you can't celebrate Valentine's Day. It's the government wanting to exert more control on their people. Anyhow, um, let me, let me uh, tell you about some of the statistics that are interesting for Valentine's Day. This is from uh, Valentine's Day last year because they don't have the statistics yet for this year on these things. But the number, and I'm sure it's pretty much the same as last year, the number of Valentine's Day cards that are exchanged each year are 180 million. That's pretty cool. The average number of roses produced for Valentine's Day is 198 million. The percent of Valentine's Day cards bought by women is 85%. So more women buy, isn't it? See, it's so interesting. Because, and the per- percent of all flowers purchased by men is 73%. So guys prefer to buy flowers and not have to make a commitment on the card, like kisses or a heart or a, actually write out love or send a card that says, I love you. So they're hiding behind the flowers, whereas the women go for the expressions of, uh, of emotion, sentiment. Um, percentage of women who send themselves flowers on Valentine's Day is 14%. That's kind of interesting because, um, you know, on the one hand, it's, it's kind of sad, but on the other hand, you could look at it, well, you know, a woman who knows she's not going to get flowers 
um, from a guy. I mean, maybe that's a sign of uh, of self love. I guess you would you would read in a woman's magazine. Send yourself flowers because that's uh, a love yourself. Um, then let's see. The percentage of consumers who celebrate Valentine's Day is 62%. Uh, The percentage of women who would end their relationship if they didn't get something for Valentine's Day is 53%. So, the girl that I talked about in the story uh, who ended it with her boyfriend, who didn't have anything planned, she is not alone. Half of women end their relationship if they don't get something for Valentine's Day. And that is so stupid for guys to do that. You you listening, guys? If you have a a girlfriend or certainly a wife or a fiancé, you know, don't let your your fear of of buying the wrong thing or your fear of making a commitment or um, your fear of, you know, being vulnerable, showing the girl how much you care about her, don't let these things interfere with getting your girl something, um, you know, it again, it doesn't have to be. I mean, I think part of the problem is with with um, advertisements and you know television commercials and about jewelry, expensive jewelry and and ads and everything. Um, you know, a lot of guys think that they have to get something super expensive or else the woman isn't going to appreciate it and appreciate them. But certainly it's a lot better than not getting anything because it it shows that you cared enough. I mean, the best thing is you don't have to do the traditional thing of um, cards and roses and uh, um, candy, chocolates. I mean, that's another thing, chocolates. How expensive is is a a little box of chocolates? Now, you know, you might be thinking that that's, she's going to think that's not enough, but at least it's better than nothing. Um, the average number of children conceived on Valentine's Day is 11,000. <laughs> those are the people, those are the girls who got something for Valentine's Day. <laughs> so they gave their man something in return. Um <laughs> And then, then uh, the you know the, the gifts that are most often given, candy t- it tops the list. Now uh, some of these things. Oh, actually that's not true. Cards top the list, fifty-two percent. But um, a lot of times people give more. These percentages aren't aren't one hundred percent accurate because um, a lot of times people give more than one thing. So cards top the list, and then candy, and then flowers, and and which is equal to dining out. Um, and then there's clothing and jewelry. Um, and, and then there's gift cards, down 12% gift cards. Hey, guys, that's not super romantic. A gift, or girls, if you're giving your guy something, a gift card, I, yes, it, can, it saves um, the problem of having to return something because it's the wrong size and all but it is not very romantic. Well, when we come back, we're going to be talking about bad boys, the kind that women are attracted to instead of the good boys. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about Valentine's Day 101, love, uh, the basics of love. And um, I was talking at the beginning about how it's gotten harder to find love, to make love work, and to keep love going than ever before. So before I go into bad boys, talking about all the different types um, that women are attracted to, I want to explain a little bit about why it's gotten harder. I mean, first of all, there are, it's, it's so unromantic these days um, you know, it used to be the case that you would see somebody across a crowded room, your eyes would connect, and your hearts would go pitter-patter, and you would um, scrunch up all your courage and walk over to the person and meet them, and um, love would, you know, you'd live happily ever after. Well, p- part of the problem with that, why that's not happening these days is because um, of a couple of things. First of all, people, not just single people, but people in general are cocooning. You know, we sit at home with our, um, with our computers or our smartphones or our televisions or whatever it is that we uh, amuse ourselves with at home, and we don't go out as much in, in places where we can mingle and meet other people who might be interested in um, having a relationship. Not to mention that uh, when people do go out and to meet other people, um, it's really more to hook up than to just have sex than to have a relationship. And let's talk about that for a minute because that is one of the most disturbing trends um, that, you know, okay, guys... That's, a, that's nothing new. <laughs> guys have always been looking to hook up, not to say that you guys aren't looking for relationships, but um, certainly sex 
sex is typically the first thing before looking about looking at um, whether the person is going to be a good wife and mother. But um, but the disturbing trend is that women have been have told themselves <laughs> that um, they just want to hook up, that it's good enough, that they don't want. In fact, there are women who are out there who are saying they don't want a relationship. They just want to hook up. Well, let me tell you, if anybody says that to you, um, they're lying. They're lying to themselves and they're lying to you because women do want relationships. I mean, guys ultimately want relationships too, but, um, but they don't make any, any pretense of also wanting sex um, or wanting a lot of sex before they settle down in a relationship. But women, especially college women, this is a whole thing that, um, that, you know, at college women and then after college, that um, they pretend that they don't want a commitment. And why is this? It's because they have been hurt so many times that they are afraid to get into a real relationship because the other ones they've had in the past, their experience has been that they, these relationships have ended in heartbreak. And so, um, you know, so they, they hook up. They, um, uh, they pretend that, you know, I can be, and part of it is, I'm going to be just like a guy. I can be like a guy. I can just have sex and not get involved and not care about the guy and not want to have a relationship with him after, not care whether he calls me after we have sex. They tell themselves these things. Now you're, I'm sure you're, some of you are listening right now and you're saying, yeah, yeah, that's what I say. Well, you know you don't mean it. And even if you think you mean it, when you do have sex with the guy, unless he's a total jerk or the sex is awful, um, or something else, you know, you, the lights, when the lights came on, you realized what he looked like. <laughs> That's awful. I know it's awful, but it's true. <laughs> Anyhow, um, for whatever reason, you know, unless these kinds of things happen, after you do have sex, there's a certain hormone that gets secreted that makes the woman want to attach after that. So this hookup, this thing that started as a hookup, makes the woman, you know, have second thoughts afterwards and actually want the guy to call after this and actually feels bad if the guy doesn't call, if she had any kind of uh, attraction to him at all, if, if, um, if she was attracted to him at all, in addition to these hormones. You know, it's kind of like uh, you, may, you may decide this intellectually that, oh, I'm going to be like a guy and just have hookups, but your body is telling you something else. And then that affects how you think psychologically. You know, all of a sudden you, you, you regret having done it. You, um, you, you look for the phone to ring or a text to come or something. So, um, where, and so where does all this originate from? Well, the reason why girls and guys are having so much more trouble in general um, meeting and keeping a relationship and, and maintaining a relationship is because with each generation, there are more and more divorces in the parents of the people who are now single. So like, in other words, um, the people who are in their 20s, let's say, now 
have, are much more likely to have come from divorced parents, to have parents who are divorced, than people who are in their 40s. Because the rate of divorce has increased with each generation, and, or, and the numbers of divorces, you know, um, parents who got divorced once and then get divorced again. Um, and so the, the number of people who are touched by divorce, I, I should put it that way, the, the children of divorce, with each generation, because ever since divorce got to be so popular, each generation there's more of a likelihood of them coming from divorced parents. And that totally affects the kinds of relationships that they're going to have in the future. In other words, when children, when parents divorce, it makes the children realize um, that love doesn't, you know, it's not just about walking into the sunset. Those are Disney movies. And you walk into the sunset and you never see what happens when the prince and, and princess um, <laughs> have to share the housework or have financial problems, or any of that stuff, um, or aren't sexually compatible. You know, you just see them walking out off into the sunset. And in real life, when it isn't quite that perfect, um, there are real problems to deal with. And unfortunately, uh, it has come to be easier for parents to decide that they're going to divorce rather than uh, try to work it out. And so when children of divorce see this, see that usually it's one parent who is more um, often hurt than the other. They see one parent being heartbroken and by the divorce. Most often it's the mother. You know, the father leaves the mother for another woman um, for various reasons. Uh, and, um, and they see that their mother is heartbroken and that, you know, this marriage that she thought was going to last forever all of a sudden is done. And, um, you know, and then she brings home these losers, <laughs> those guys who she's dating. And, you know, the whole, the children, you know, they may not say anything about it or they may not seem to be affected, but I can promise you, children of divorce, any divorce, any, any divorce, what, no matter where the family is, the couple is, um, no matter what, what socioeconomic, socioeconomic status they have, uh, what jobs they have, anything about them, any time two parents split up, children are wounded. And so these wounded children go out into the, into the dating pool and they are attracted to people who are not good for them in various ways. Because really, deep down, guys and girls are afraid of this commitment, afraid of an intimate, close, loving relationship, because they're afraid that if they give their heart that way, if they you know, fall totally uh, in love with this person, that they're going to be hurt, that, that this, their, their spouse one day is going to tell them they want a divorce. And so, and then, and then, okay, then those people get married uh, eventually, and then, and then they get divorced because there's a higher likelihood that, that children of divorce will get divorced themselves, and it perpetuates and perpetuates and perpetuates, and the cycle has just, you know, gotten, perpetuated so many people, and these people are all floating in the dating pool on Tinder and Match.com and dating apps, and, um, 
And so when they see somebody across a, a crowded room who they're attracted to, first of all, they're afraid, you know, it scares them to think that they have this pitter-patter in their heart. And, and you know, uh-oh, this, this person is dangerous because I'm really attracted to them. And, um, and also, of course, they they're feel awkward about going over to them. So, <laughs> so it's tough. But love is worth persisting and trying to make happen. And so let me talk about the bad boys. So what typically happens is that girls, I mean, first of all, um, little girls, the first first man in a little girl's life is her daddy. And so the kind of relationship that a little girl has with her daddy will determine what kind of a relationship she will look for and get into in the future when she starts dating and gets married. Similarly, the first relationship with a woman that a boy has is with his mother. And depending upon how that relationship goes, that's going to determine what he looks for in a woman. Um, whether, he's, whether he's scared of women, for example, because the mother is too domineering, um, you know, all women, oh, women are scary. You know, you can't, uh, you can't let them have any control over you. Um, and these are, these are guys who have had a, a mother who was very domineering and, and uh, critical and so on. So well, however the mother is towards the little boy determines what kinds of feelings guys have towards girls, which is why the first question, or if not the first question, and certainly on the first date um, or soon, uh, the most important question in any case that a girl must ask a guy is, or find out about um, the guy, is what kind of relationship he has with his mother. So if he starts to talk about, um, you know, oh, I never see my mother, she's a pain in the ass, (laughs) or, oh, God, my mother, I have to call her tonight, she wants me to call her every day, oh, God, um, or, or today, Valentine's Day, if he's not giving a present to his mother, not sending his mother flowers or candy or even a card, those are our big red flags, ladies. Find out what your boyfriend did for his mother on Valentine's Day. So when, for, typically for a girl, when uh, getting back to the divorce theme, wh- when parents get divorced, typically the father finds um, uh, a, a woman sooner. You know, maybe it's the woman that broke up the marriage. Maybe it's just he starts dating and he eventually starts dating somebody, not necessarily who he ends up with, but maybe. And then he, some guys eventually, they will, they will develop, they'll marry another woman and they'll have another family with another woman. And so it leaves the girls, little girls, or, or even not so little girls, feeling abandoned by their daddy. And so, um, so that makes them all the more desperate to find a boyfriend. And that's why we have things like uh, little girls in, in middle school performing oral sex on guys or sending, sexting them and so on, doing these wildly inappropriate things for their age because they are wildly desperate for a man's attention because their daddy's attention is elsewhere. So, um, I know I keep promising I'm going to tell you about the bad boys. <laughs> okay, there are tw- the 12 different types. 
And I'll tell you something about them. The Fixer Upper Lover. Um, wait a minute. I, I gave two names to these bad boys. Um, one is just descriptive, and one relates to the fairy tales that portray um, the kind of bad boy. So the Frazzled Frog is, well, the Fixer Upper Lover is um, the Frazzled Frog because that comes from the Frog Prince fairy tale. A compulsive flirt guy is the, a wanton wolf from um, the uh, wolf fairy tale. Um, a grandiose dreamer is a would-be wizard, the Wizard of Oz. A misunderstood and married guy is also a philandering prince. Uh, Mr. Powermad, autocratic aristocrat. A commitment phobe is a marriage-shy monarch. A wounded poet is a brooding beast, uh, Beauty and the Beast. A self-absorbed seducer is a pert puppet like Pinocchio. A man of mystery is a bewildering bluebeard, which that's a fairy tale, bluebeard. A dramatic daredevil is an adventurous Aladdin. A prince of darkness is a voracious vampire, the vampire stories. A lethal lover is a ruthless robber. The robber bridegroom is the fairy tale. So what these guys all have in common is, although they're very different in how they're, in their personality and how they act towards the woman and so on, they ultimately break her heart. And they just do it in different ways. And um, the reason why, and the reason why girls are attracted to each of these types, like depending upon the kind of dysfunctional relationship that a woman has with her father, that will determine what kind of bad boy she is attracted to. And, uh, you know, when, um, when my book came out and I was doing lots of uh, uh, media interviews and, and speaking engagements and so on, all I had to know was either for the woman to describe her relationship with her father, and I could tell her what kind of bad boy she was attracted to, or to tell me what, what her uh, latest or typical pattern of guys is, uh, the kinds of bad boys she goes out with, and I could tell her what her relationship with her father was like. They just fit um, hand in glove, and it is amazing, and that's why if you, you know, if uh, the girls look at their relationship with their father, they know what kinds of bad boys to be aware of. Of course, these days, it's a little more complicated because oftentimes girls have a father, a biological father, a stepfather, maybe another stepfather, and so it gets a little complicated. There may be more than one type of bad boy to look out for. Well, we need to take a break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? 
Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking about Valentine's Day 101, or also called Love Explained. Um, I was describing the 12 types of bad boys, and I'll give you an example of the psychodynamics. I have at the beginning of the book a test um, to, uh, that diagnoses each of these 12 types. So there are questions for each of the 12 types, and you're supposed to answer always, sometimes, or never, and then you add up your scores. Okay, so these are the um, five characteristics that best describe a frazzled frog, which is also called a fixer-upper lover. He wants you to take care of him by being the cuddly, nurturing mother he never had. He's a perpetual little boy who refuses to grow up, and he's proud of it. He warns women not to expect too much of him by flaunting his neediness. Besides his addiction to you, he has at least one other addiction. And that doesn't have to be drugs or alcohol. It could be uh, an addiction to uh, electronic devices. You feel you're really too good for him because he has possessions and his, because he, his possessions, and his life are in such disrepair. Okay, so what, is a, what kind of relationship, dysfunctional relationship, would a girl have who would be attracted to a frazzled frog? a fixer-upper lover, who has these characteristics. It is a girl who, uh, whose father either died when she was young um, or, uh, you know, by young, I mean before this dating life, before she, it's time for her to be attracted to guys. Um, or he, in other words, he, her father was not physically there or he was not emotionally there. Maybe her father was just depressed or uh, an addict himself or um, some, something that was dry, you know, he, he wasn't there for her emotionally. Or the most typical, um, and in which case actually it's, it's physically not there and emotionally not there, is the most common example of this these days is the father is parents who are divorced and the father who is with another woman and maybe even has another family. So why does that kind of girl go for a fixer-upper lover? Because 
her biggest fear is abandonment. She doesn't want to be abandoned like her father abandoned her. And so she picks a guy who she thinks is least likely to abandon her. And who is least likely to abandon her? A guy who, whose life is a mess, who doesn't have his life together, who needs to depend upon her, who um, likes her to be nurturing and cuddly, the, the cuddly, nurturing mother he never had. Uh, he doesn't want to grow up. So a woman who takes care of him and, um, you know, does his laundry or buys him things or helps him um, in his career, you know, finds leads for him. It could be take all kinds of different uh, kinds of, uh, you know, characteristics, depending upon the couple. But, um, but the gist of it is that he becomes dependent upon her. So who is the, who's the guy who's going to be the least likely to leave you? A guy who's dependent upon you. So you would think that this is a perfect relationship, except for the fact that what happens is that when this woman um, cuddly nurtures the guy <laughs> and helps him in these various aspects of his life and, and, even, and emotionally supports him and shows to him how, you know, how lovable he is, um, then... <laughs> He, uh, he gets out of the swamp and uh, grows up and hops away. And he finds someone who he thinks is better, whatever that means. What it means is a woman who, is not, who wouldn't have accepted him back in the day when his life was in disrepair. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so that's an example. Now, let me tell you about bad girls. Um, bad girls. Who are the bad girls? And, you know, again, bad girls, just like bad boys, are heartbreakers. And who, but who are they? These are girls who had a dysfunctional relationship with their daddy and who were attracted to bad boys and who had their heart broken by one or more bad boys. And so... The, what happens to these girls, what happens to women after they have had their heart broken by a bad boy is either, uh, well, either like I was talking about before, either they decide, they try to pretend to themselves that they can just, that they'd be just okay, they'd be happy with just hookups. They don't want relationships, so they fool themselves, they, they lie to themselves. Um, or they become, um, uh, they say that they want a boyfriend, they say that they want to get married, but they kind of let themselves get schlumpy. <laughs> they let themselves get fat, they let themselves, they don't wear uh, the sexy clothes anymore, they don't wear, you know, sexy heels, um, they wear clogs, <laughs> they, don't, they don't put makeup on, um, they... You know, they just kind of let them, they wear, they wear like very, you know, dull colors, gray and dark green and, and, um, you know, like they hide, they try to hide in the woodwork. So at the same time, they're telling everybody, oh, I want to have a boyfriend. I wish I had a boyfriend. So, you know, for any of these, any of you women out there who this is fitting, um, you know, you may be saying, oh, I wish I had a Valentine, uh, but Take a, you have to take a good look at yourself. I mean, my, my, my Bad Boys book was called uh, Bad Boys, Why We Love Them, How to Live With Them, and When to Leave Them. My Bad Girls book was called Bad Girls, 
why men love them, and how good girls can learn their secrets. And I talk about how women need to, um, and I know this is so anti-feminist, but whatever, that's, this, is, this, is, this is how it is, folks. Um, you can burn your bras all you want, but you're not going to get a valentine. Um, you know, just like, just like you want a guy who has a nice package, you know, <laughs> yes, that kind too. Um, but, you know, who comes in a night, oh, God, I'm making this worse. Anyway, who, who, who cares about himself, takes good care of himself. Um, you know, I'm not saying that women have to all look like Barbie, although that's what the media has gotten guys, has programmed guys to want. But, um, but you just have to take good care of yourself. You have to be well-groomed. You have to make the most of what you have. And, and not just looks, but also, of course, looks is the first thing that a guy across the room will see. He's not going to cross the room if you're looking schlumpy. Um, but also, you know, to, to get a career that you're interested in, um, to take courses, to have interesting things to talk about, to be funny, to be, you know, to be lively. Um, like, it, it, there are a whole bunch of different areas that I talk about in the book that you have to sort of spruce up in order to really attract a guy. Um, and uh, so, okay, so, it's, so, the women, so the women who have had their hearts broken by bad boys, they, as I was saying, they either you know, tell themselves they just want hookups, or they become schlumpy, or, <laughs> wait for it, they become a bad girl. Now, what this means is, they decide that they are not going to be, um, they've given up on finding a prince. In other words, they, have, they don't believe they're going to find a guy who's like a prince, you know, who's a prince of a fellow, um, who is going to fall in love with them. They, they don't believe, they've given up on that because of all the pain they've suffered from all these guys, these bad boys, who have broken their heart. So, they become a bad girl, meaning... They decide to exploit men for something that they want from them. Now, I'm going to tell you the different types of um, bad girls. Now, I didn't connect them with fairy tales, per se, but I did. I actually interviewed over 100 guys for this um, bad, bad girls book. And um, I picked the best stories. These are all true stories. You know, some of them, if I didn't hear the guys cry um, or, you know, hear the, the sadness in their voice when they were telling me these stories, I would have found it hard to believe them. But these are really true stories of bad girls, how bad girls broke their hearts. Oh, my, we're running out of time. So let me, let me um, read through the list. Okay, there's the gold digger. That's kind of obvious. The addict. So the gold digger uses a guy for his gold, his money. The addict finds an enabler. The sex siren wants to be admired for her sexuality, her looks and her sexuality by men. The sexual withholder wants a man who will accept the fact that she doesn't want um, to be very sexual. The married woman on the prowl is a married woman who is looking for another guy on the side who she either wants to keep 
um, you know, just as her relationship on the side or else she's looking for one who she wants to marry and trade in her husband. The commitment phobe, that's the only, that's the only type that is the same in both books. There's a commitment phobe, phobe type of bad boy and there's a commitment phobe type of bad girl. The husband, hunter, and trapper, that's a woman who is um, looking to find a husband and she will do it any which way she can. Uh, you know, it's not just a, the normal woman who would like to get married someday. It's a woman who feels so bad about herself. Remember, these are women whose hearts have been broken by bad boys. Um, she feels so bad about herself that she feels that she has to trap a man into marrying her, not just by getting pregnant, but by, um, you know, there are stories of like a woman who pretended she had cancer and she had a little girl from a previous relationship. She told this man she wanted him to marry her so that the little girl would have a father. And then it turned out that she didn't have cancer. Uh, the husband stealer, that's a woman like Angelina Jolie is the best example of that. <laughs> uh, the ultimate damsel in distress, that's a woman who comes up with all kinds of things, maybe one particular thing, like one, one story in the book is of the girl, a girl who um, was here on a student visa and she needed a guy to marry her in order to be able to stay here. So, you know, these women find men who, are, who want to rescue women. Actually, all the bad girls, um, all the men who go for bad girls have some degree of that, wanting to rescue the women because they think that um, if they provide whatever it is that the woman is looking for, whether it's gold or uh, something or getting married or whatever, that she won't leave them. But I talk about, uh, it's the same kind of thing for guys. It's their relationship with their mother that makes them a certain type of bad boy. And there's also, for the good boys, there are certain, type, certain relationships with their mother that make them fall for certain types of bad girls. Then there's also, going down the list of bad girls, the cougar, the ball buster, the bad girl scorned. <laughs> I, w- I was on Dr. Phil with this book, and I had a cover over. I don't think they used the word ball buster. I forget, <laughs> I forget how, what they called it, but not that. And then the bad girl scorned, that is a woman that's the worst kind of bad girl. That's a woman who, when the guy smartens up, and realizes that she's a bad girl and wants to break up with her, she does all kinds of things to keep him from threatening him, blackmailing him, um, to even worse. Well, I can't go into more details about these people today, but I am sure that you have recognized people you have dated, maybe someone you're married to. <laughs> um, there, there, it's not... Uh, you know, not all of these relationships are doomed. In fact, for bad boys, I give advice for how you can try to save the relationships, except for the ones, except for the uh, compulsive flirt, if, it, if that includes intercourse with women, because that's physically dangerous as well as emotionally. And then um, the, the robber, bridegroom guy, you know, guy who's in jail, um, and then, and then also, Mr. Power Mad. That's or no, the Mr. The Prince of Darkness. That's the OJ type, um, the guy who is physically abusive. So, other than those three types, you can try to make these relationships work. With bad girls, you can try to make the relationships work. But first, the guy has to get out of denial that um, that she's not a bad girl. 
Oh, my, and we've come to the end. Well, I want to wish you... <laughs> I, hope, I hope this wasn't too cynical. There, you still can, there are still ways to find love. That's the kind of sad and yet hopeful part of all this. There are people out there in the dating pool who are not bad boys and are not bad girls. They're good boys and good girls, and you just have to find them. And the best way to find them is to, is to get into therapy or read these books, figure out for yourself why it is that you have this um, fear of commitment and fear of a broken heart, and, and just put yourself out in the game again. And yes, you might get another couple of broken hearts, but at some point... The, you will find your prince and your princess. They really are out there. So happy Valentine's Day. I love you all for listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. <laughs> I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 